Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. This is an RNZ podcast. This week, on the basis of sex, pumps up the story of jurist Ruth Bader Ginsburg. The law assumes a caregiver has to be a woman. This is sex-based discrimination against a man. So, judge was wrong? Mr. Moritz, the law is wrong. The front runner remembers when the gloves came off in presidential elections. There is no privacy. The cameras go everywhere. The one thing I ever asked was don't embarrass me. And French author Colette has no interest in being the power behind any throne. All of Paris is saying your husband is a genius. Claudine! Madame Colette, I believe Willie based Claudine in part on your school days. Yes, I think I had a little something to contribute. Hello, I'm Simon Morris. Whatever your opinion of comic book movies, they do have one thing over their more earnest, fact-based rivals. At least you don't know what's going to happen. All right, I can hear half of you scoffing already. Of course we know what's going to happen. Virtual triumph, if not now, then in the sequel. And the villains will be defeated in a riot of special effects explosions. with her. But in a film like Alita Battle Angel, concocted by James Cameron and Robert Rodriguez from a Japanese manga comic book, we're kept in constant ignorance. Is Alita a robot wishing to become a real girl, like Pinocchio? Is she a cyborg with advanced artificial intelligence? When I found you, your very human brain was miraculously intact. It's the loneliest feeling not to know who you are. In time, you'll remember. Who were the mysterious inhabitants of the floating city above them? Can Alita become the world's greatest rollerblade athlete after just one match? Questions, questions, and the reasons we don't know the answers is that probably the writers don't either. When they know, you'll know. This body, I feel a connection to it. I can't explain. You know more about me than you're saying. Alita, some things have been left forgotten. Ah! And I'll find out for myself. Imagine Ben-Hur entirely made up of chariot racers, and that's why most of them defy prediction as to where they go next. But non-fiction films are different. Nine times out of ten, we already know what's going to happen. That's how the movie got funded in the first place. You're a legend, Fred. We're all legends.
A film like Bohemian Rhapsody was a no-brainer because everybody loves Freddie Mercury and Queen. But it does rob it of any suspense when the big question in the film is, will everybody end up loving Freddie Mercury and Queen? Same goes for big movies about the winning of World War II. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender! For without victory, there can be no survival. The denouement of a film like Darkest Hour is built into the description. That is, it's about the winning of World War II. And this week's three films are all based on the idea that, although you know the story such as it is, you'll be interested in seeing it happen anyway. The youngest candidate, Hart spoke at full campaign trail. The clear frontrunner. So start with the uh, shoulder in a little. My name is Gary Harden. I'm running for president. I want you to think about the opportunity that we have right here, right now. Front Runner is an American political drama about Senator Gary Hart's run for the presidency. Since we've never heard of President Gary Hart, we can probably predict the outcome of the film. There's a biopic about the French writer Colette, whose husband Willie takes the credit for her work. Finally, we have a success, and then you imply that I'm not the true author of it. People love to talk. I understand the mentality here. You don't. I understand it well enough to write a book that's a toast of Paris. The fact that Colette is a household name now, while Willie is not, should give you a hint where the movie might be heading. So, general spoiler alerts, I suppose, except any potential audiences for these films already know most of the plots. Like the first one, on the basis of sex, starring a young judge, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. These laws are obstacles to our children's aspirations. If you lose, you will set the woman's movement back ten years. You don't get to tell me when to quit. Get your emotions in check. You've burst. Ruth Bader Ginsburg is not only one of the most famous judges in the States, possibly the world, she's also a leading voice of liberal America with a string of victories to her name, mostly in the area of gender discrimination. Ginsburg has already been the subject of a well-received documentary last year, RBG. Now her early years are played out in On the Basis of Sex. (laughs) Welcome to Harvard Law School. Ladies, let's go around the table and report who you are and why you're occupying a place that could have gone to a man. We meet Ginsburg arriving at Harvard, one of the very few women allowed in those hallowed halls back in 1956 where she runs into the usual sneering sexists. I'm Ruth Bader Ginsburg. My husband is in the second year class. And why are you here, Miss Ginsburg? To learn more about his work so I can be a more patient and understanding wife. Will the future judge Ruth Bader Ginsburg triumph over her adversaries? Hmm, if I wanted to keep the suspense up, perhaps I shouldn't have called her the future judge Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I should have just called her Ruthie, like her husband Marty. I want to be a lawyer. I want to represent clients in pursuit of justice. So they're going to give you a corner office? I wasn't what they were looking for. One said women are too emotional to be lawyers. Another told me a woman graduating top of her class must be a real ball buster. 
One slightly surprising thing about On the Basis of Sex is how important Marty, played by Army Hammer, was in Ruth's life. He was not only a staunch early feminist, but he was warm, outgoing and engaging in a way his rather serious wife was not. I worked hard. I did everything I was supposed to, and I excelled. Martin Ginsburg will be signing all of our checks someday. <laughs> You're a smart girl, Ruthie. You married a star. If the law differentiates on the basis of sex, then how will women and men ever become equals? Marty pushed Ruth to her later successes when nobody else would. But Ruth was the one with the intellectual firepower, summa cum laude at university, then going on to fire up her own pupils as an academic. The point being that despite Ruth's achievements, the doors were often closed on her finding work as an actual attorney. Go forth and fight for equality. I don't understand why you're acting like that's such a bad thing. You're out there training the next generation of lawyers to change the world. Because that's what I wanted to do. Playing Ruth Bader Ginsburg is Felicity Jones, who does her best in the teeth of rather unlikely casting. Unlike the actor she replaced, Natalie Portman, she's neither Jewish nor American, and despite her efforts, it's hard to see her as a driven intellectual out to right 200 years of American wrongs. There are 178 laws that differentiate on the basis of sex. There are laws that say women can't work overtime. We get credit cards in our husband's name. We're not allowed to women fly police military. We're not allowed to work in mines. Why would you want to? What's not the point? We should be allowed. On the Basis of Sex isn't so much a story as a legal argument, ticking off its points. First, the discrimination Ruth faced at Harvard, then trying to topple the myriad unfair laws standing in the way of women's civil rights in the 60s and 70s. Convince the courts that those laws are unconstitutional. I don't read tax court cases. Read this one. The narrative doesn't rest on a single barnstorming legal case where Ruth triumphs over the patriarchy. The turning point occurs when Ruth and Marty take advantage of a legal loophole featuring an unexpected target of discrimination. The law assumes a caregiver has to be a woman. This is sex based discrimination against a man. So, judge was wrong? Mr. Moritz, the law is wrong. Since most of us are aware that many of the laws discriminating against women have been overturned, on paper if not always in practice, the conclusion of On the Basis of Sex is a little foregone. Director Mimi Leader and her attractive cast are therefore not asking, did it happen, but how did it happen? We're never giving up. You're ready for this. You've been ready for this your whole life. We all must take these laws on, one by one. This could topple the whole damn system of discrimination. And often the hows are rather abstruse points of law, turning on whether the male caregiver had married before and the precise wording of the Constitution. The word woman does not appear even once in the U.S. Constitution. Nor does the word freedom your Honour. Judging by the delivery of that line, I'm sure that's exactly what Ruth Ginsburg said in the Supreme Court, even if it's a less powerful argument outside the self-proclaimed land of the free. On the basis of sex is a worthy rendition of the early struggles of an important American figure, but it's an account rather than a story. And an account is usually better served in a documentary. Go in there and let the judges see the Ruth Ginsburg I know. We're not asking you to change the country. That's already happened without any court's permission. 
Recently, we've seen a bunch of fact-based American films whose intention is clearly a rearguard attack on the current state of the nation. Right now, liberal and democrat Americans, often but not always the same thing, can't believe what's happened to their country in the last two years. If we hold ourselves to those highest standards, then the voters cannot do otherwise. Senator, I want to ask you some questions about the woman in your townhouse. Can you tell us how you know her? You can't be serious. No one is staying in my home. There's no need for that. Uh, I, I am serious, sir. Since very few of them can bring themselves to make a film yet about the current incumbent of the White House, at least they can attempt to answer the obvious question. What happened? How did they get here? There is no privacy. The cameras go everywhere. The one thing I ever asked was don't embarrass me. Some trace the state of affairs back to previous Republican ratbags, Richard Nixon and George W. Bush. Others lament the abdication of the media from their role as monitors of the politicians. Still more, including on the basis of sex, in fact, bemoan the shortage of strong figures on the left, which is partly the point of The Front Runner, starring Hugh Jackman. I've never known a guy more talented at untangling politics so that anyone can understand. Gary Hart is bringing bold and inventive ideas into American politics. It is a gift, and he wants to share that with people. The Front Runner is about a previous Democrat Party Great White Hope, Senator Gary Hart. He campaigned to be president against George Bush Sr., and by all accounts was a pretty impressive candidate. Hart is pushing groundbreaking reforms on education and foreign policy. I want you to think about the opportunity that we have right now. With the ideas and vision to take America into the 21st century. And the cost to this great country if we squander it. But in 1988, times were changing, notably the hitherto friendly relationship between politicians and the press. Back then, both sides realised they needed each other. The politicians made themselves available for interviews and photo opportunities, while the press played fair with the politicians and generally stayed away from their private lives. I came here today to talk to you about America's future. Ideas have power. Ideas are what this election is all about. Ballots got heart beating Bush by 12. By 12. These self-imposed limits weren't always adhered to, of course, particularly among the more disreputable media like the National Enquirer. But the respectable newspapers always drew a distinction between the public interest and salacious gossip, until suddenly they didn't. Gary Hart is considered the man to beat... Senator, can I ask you a question? Do you feel like you have a traditional marriage? For years, these sexual peccadilloes of high-flying politicians had been covered up by their friends in the media, certainly as long ago as Roosevelt and Kennedy. But the press was under pressure to deliver headlines, and the competition was fierce. Senator, get sex with that woman. Can't be serious. There's no need for that. Don't you think you owe it to us to be forced to... Oh, you. You're running for president. I'm aware of that, Tom. It's in the papers. Well, you have a responsibility. I know full well what my responsibilities are. Do you know yours? You can jump into the fire. One evening, the apparently upright Gary Hart was caught out with a woman named Donna Rice, and suddenly the gentleman's agreement no longer applied. There are stories being written right now. There is no story. Womenizing lies. Just because some other paper used gossip as front-page news, I mean, that doesn't mean we have it. It does now. 
So why should these events resonate 30 years on? Liberals then and now argued that a public figure's private life shouldn't be anyone's business, apart from his family, I suppose. But now salacious gossip, sleaze as they called it, was getting in the way of far more important issues. This campaign is about the future, not rumours, not sleaze. I care about the sanctity of this process, whether you do or do not. Well, there's another phrase so clunky it had to be what Gary Hart actually said. Meanwhile, conservatives pointed out that a candidate's character should be the most important thing, innocent days, and the media should be allowed to investigate thoroughly. He is a man with power, and that takes certain responsibility. We need to say something. It's nobody's business. None of it is. As it happened, Hart clearly lost, to be replaced four years later by a more successful candidate, the equally smart, charming and morally flexible Bill Clinton. But the point frontrunner, writer and director Jason Reitman is making is that the open warfare between the politicians and press that exists now started during the Gary Hart campaign. In a matter of days, Hart's campaign has collapsed. We're talking about how you get through today without pissing away everything we've all worked for on this campaign. The media are now committed to playing gotcha with their political prey, while the politicians strive to keep journalists, and therefore us, in the dark as much as possible. Ironically, the main beneficiary of this new order is the current incumbent of the White House. We lose this, we can kiss the White House goodbye. It's a rule of thumb with film biographies of famous artists that writing, generally, is boring. It's essentially watching someone sit at a desk, scribbling, tearing up pieces of paper and occasionally swearing. So the story of a writer has to be about something more. And goodness knows the film Colette has plenty to work with. May I introduce to you my new wife, Colette? The wild days are done, eh? On the contrary, the wild days have just begun. You've married a literary entrepreneur. You've married a country girl, bad penny to her name. We're doomed, aren't we? Colette stars Kira Knightley as naive young farmer's daughter Gabrielle Colette, who meets and marries a successful writer called Just Willie, played by Dominic West. I say writer, but Willie is more a literary producer, running a factory full of employees who do much of the actual writing. Willie is a brand. I take all the risk and there's still no money. We need more output. You, you could write. My school stories. Yes, that could be Willie's next novel. Willie finds himself frequently overstretched and one day he wonders whether his young wife's entertaining stories of her school days might augment the factory's output. He has no idea how successful they would be. Are you writing for him too? Yes. He's made you one of his ghosts already. My name is Claudine. I live in Montigny. I shall probably not die there. The stories of Claudine, based on Colette's own life, were a phenomenon, particularly with a brand new audience. Colette had cornered the market on young women, along the way virtually inventing the teenager. It's beautiful. We've never had one fly off the shelves like this before. And you know who's buying it? Young women. Really? Willie, your book will change the world! Claudine! Subtle as ever. 
A lot of the significance of Colette is when and where these events occurred. Paris in the 1890s was the Belle Epoque, the centre of the civilised world in art, in music, in theatre and in literature. And Willie and Colette were the glittering celebrities of the age. All of Paris is saying your husband is a genius. Claudine! Madame Colette, I believe Willie based Claudine in part on your school days. Yes, I think I had a little something to contribute. Willie revels in his bad boy reputation, with neither marriage nor dependence on his wife's writing stopping him having a string of affairs. So Colette decides to follow his example. He was after you. Your jealousy is misplaced. It was the wife I found interesting. There. We can't risk it. Since when have you considered scandal to be a bad thing? Oh my word, what are you wearing? The woman who's caught Colette's eye is a Louisiana heiress called Georgie, played by Poldark's Eleanor Tomlinson with an overripe American accent. Colette defies the customs of the age by starting an affair with her and later with another even more exotic paramour called Missy. <laughs> you've done something important. All those young girls, you've given them a voice. Somebody told you. I didn't need to be told. Meeting you is enough. But Colette is becoming increasingly irked by her husband's treatment of her work. Willie claims to be shaping her raw material into bestsellers, but Colette is determined to prove the books under his name are mostly all her own work. You know the new Claudine. Why don't we publish it under both our names? It's out of the question. I need my name on the book. No! We're holding dynamite here, and if it goes off at the wrong time, it could blow our bloody heads off. At the height of this publishing whodunit, Colette turns off the literary tap and changes careers. She has dance lessons, then takes to the stage in a series of very French one-act burlesques with the bare minimum of clothes. Must get used to marriage. Better to make marriage get used to you. People are begging for more. I don't want to write another Claudine. Are you out of your mind? Right. Kira Knightley embraces the role of Gabrielle Collette with enthusiasm after a too-long string of rather ordinary recent films. Fans of Kira, including me, will welcome her return to form, even if the film itself is a little so what. Well, you hurt, and you hurt, and you hurt. And you think that by saying that's what men do, you clear it all away. Everything I thought and felt went into those books. They were me. The real-life Colette was not just a fleeting celebrity, of course. She became the most famous French woman writer ever, even if non-French speakers may struggle to name any of her works, apart from Gigi, maybe. My name is Colette. And the hand that holds the pen writes history. The film Colette is, again, less a gripping tale and more a snapshot of a place and time. Well, that's the trouble with real life, of course. It very rarely lends itself to a decent three-act structure with an exciting chase at the appropriate time and a satisfying clinch at the fade-out. As Oscar Wilde put it, the good ended happily and the bad unhappily. That is what fiction means. Well, hopefully this show has ended happily for you. I'm Simon Morris, and I hope you'll join me at the movies same time next week. Mm. 
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. 